The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Okay. From KCRW, I'm Justin Simeon, and don't at me, but this is low-key the best podcast of all time. I'm here with esteemed guests, Misha Green and Lena Waith. How are you guys doing? Hey, hey. We're good. Guys, it's super nice to meet you. Yeah. I've met you both several times, but yeah. it's nice to meet you in front of an mm. audience of, I don't know, a dozen, thousand, I don't know who's listening, but I hope you are. Everyone. But Lena, let's get into, um, a lot of people met you when you won an Emmy, MBD, became the mm. first black woman ever to win an Emmy for comedy writing for Master of None, mm-hmm. and you gave a... Uh, an impassioned speech to the LGBTQIA audience and mm-hmm. let them know that they were seen by you. That was your start. My LGBTQIA family, I see each and every one of you. The things that make us different, those are our superpowers. Every day when you walk out the door, put on your imaginary cape and go out there and conquer the world because the world would not be as beautiful as it is if we weren't in it. And for everybody out there that showed us so much love for this episode, thank you for embracing a little Indian boy from South Carolina and a little queer black girl from the south side of Chicago. We, we appreciate it more than you could ever know. I would like to introduce my dear listeners to Misha Green, yeah. who is a co-creator of Underground, is also creating a fantastic, I'm just, I already know it, I haven't seen it yet, but I know it's going to be fantastic. It will be. Adaptation of Lovecraft, uh, the bestseller, uh, for HBO. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're also working on Cleopatra Nunes, the feature film? Yeah, yes. That's what I thought you were about to say. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Misha, Hello. Hi. <laughs> what are we doing here? Wow. Okay. So this is Don't At Me. This is a show about unpopular opinions. You know how on Twitter you're like, don't at me, but, and then you say something real crazy. But we often have like a knee-jerk reaction to things that are new when if we just took a breath, we might like like it. We might be into it. So this show is that breath. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So we're going to be talking about unpopular opinions, stuff that's pissing you off, whatever. But... Let's talk about the old generation versus new. And I don't want to use, I don't like the word old, no, but yeah. like the previous, you know, we're standing, uh, you know, we, the three of us are lucky enough to be, mm-hmm. you know, young folks working in Hollywood. We've all had like our first television shows at an age that frankly, most people don't get an opportunity right. to do your first television show mm-hmm. at our age. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are standing on the shoulders of a generation that came before us. Mm-hmm. But that generation does have different values than we have, which I think might surprise some people listening. Because, you know, even black folks think that all black folks kind of hang out and know each other and whatever. So, you know, one of the things that we talked about, the idea that there can only be one. And it strikes me as interesting because whether we're talking about staying in the closet or we're talking about the way you wear your hair or, you know, should should we be collaborative or should we be sort of only about ourselves, whatever it might be, it feels like that has something to do with how we're being perceived by the mainstream population, i.e. white people, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and I'm just curious what your thoughts on that. Like, do you feel like that's what it's about? Why there's all of this protectiveness in, say, the quote unquote previous generation about these things? 
Maybe. I mean, I don't know. I think when it comes to this topic in particular, I think sometimes there's more fear about the black audience Mm -hmm. turning, you know, turning away. Speaking from my particular vantage point, white people really do like me a lot. Almost. Mm. I feel like even it's interesting. I feel the love from black people, particularly the queer black community, but there's still a lot of black folks that are still discovering me too, just because of the stuff that I've been in and been a part of the shy really kind of helped with that. So, but Mm -hmm. I think ultimately I think that's the biggest fear is the black audience. I think that's who I think they're most nervous about. Cause I think it's sort of like the familial vibe of it all. Now, Misha, you, you know, you've not had the benefit of being a, a lesbian, uh, as well as, I know, I'm so sorry. Oh, she looks sad. I do. I'm um, very sad by that. But I feel like you understand the cookout mentality. And for people who don't know, the cookout is like, you know, it's the way black people talk about, like, what's accepted and not accepted currently mm-hmm. in black culture en masse. So, uh-huh. you know, when I introduce Lena, my thing is like, you know, I definitely felt growing up that, like, gay folks can come to the cookout, but you can't, you can't, you got to watch the way you walk. You can't talk Uh about, you know, you know, Tyrone is not your best friend. That's actually somebody. You can't really talk about your life, but you can come to the cookout. So as a person who is familiar with the cookout, like, what was your impression? Like, what what were you feeling when you heard that? Um, I was feeling the same. You know, it's that thing of I, I, I love what you said because it's exactly that mentality of, again, no shade, but it's like the older generation in that room, their point of view is, no, that's your business. Don't put it out there. And I think as artists, we are here to be living loudly. And I think seeing people who are women of color, people of color living loudly is a rebellious thing and it shouldn't be rebellious at this point it shouldn't be new mm-hmm. for that to be going on like the fact that frank ocean is the first person to do that mm-hmm. is revolutionary mm-hmm. you know and if he's getting props for that and attention for that it's like that's good because more people get to see that and so that's my thing about the cookout i'm always i have you're right always been the one that's there and everybody's like misha what you doing <laughs> This is not what we do right now. And I'm like, "Uh, I guess it is now. What are the sort of things you're doing at the cookout that we're not supposed to do? You eating turkey burgers? What's happening? Uh, I don't (laughs) eat turkey burgers. Nah, I got to get some real meat. No, um, you know, I think just not doing it the way that everybody does it. Yeah. You know, I think that very much in Hollywood, it's a very homogenous way of thinking. And for me, I'm just like, this doesn't make sense. I don't know why I would do it that way. And I think storytelling wise, that is is a big thing for me to be like, we've seen it a million times that way. How do we now platform off that into something new and get new voices out there? It feels like it starts with assimilation like we have to sort of take on these american values in order to be accepted and it sometimes feels like you know we like sort of get to certain cultural phases later Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know this idea that like spielberg and um, scorsese and de palma and all these guys lucas like they hung out and they shared their work and they sent drafts and they you know famously sort of talked about star wars and everyone hated it but spielberg but we as a generation of, of black artists sometimes struggle to do that yeah and i'm you know i think it's hard to because the previous generation it's like 
right now I'm like, I know how hard it is. Mm-hmm. I'm like anybody that gets a show on the air that's half decent and not a story that's been told a million times. Mm-hmm. I'm like, congratulations, you win all the awards. If it sucks even more, because I know how hard it is to do. So I can only imagine what it was like without the previous generation had it been put in the work they put in. So it's like when they it's when it's not that vibe, it's not a vibe that we have, mm-hmm. I go, it's hard for me to want to step on that vibe, but at the same time I'm like, I gotta breathe over here. Yeah. This is what I want to do. And I feel like it's it's a weird thing of like getting slightly punished. It's mm. like you open these doors for us and now we're walking through them and now we got to push the next doors for the next people behind us. And it's a little bit sometimes you come up against a door that's held by someone who looks like you and you're wow. like, what are, what are, what's happening right now? That's so true. Did you? This it, is what you want it for me. That, that's really interesting because, um, you know, I, I happen to work with someone from the quote unquote previous generation. You know, Yvette Lee Bowser is the showrunner of Dear White People and also happens to be one of the most collaborative people that I know. And, mm-hmm. you know, was I was it was such a pleasant surprise to not right. only meet her, but be like, oh, my God, you're open and you like are supportive and all these things. Mm-hmm. But certainly I got to grow up watching Living Single like she mm-hmm. didn't get to grow up watching Living Single. Right. <laughs> and so I already am coming into the world knowing that there are things I can do because I got to see not necessarily myself in that show, but like. <laughs> I'm not gonna throw that shade. Oh. Um, not, I, I, I didn't. Get I to, did see myself. I just got my Maxine braids. We'll out. see. I didn't get to see an openly gay black man in the show, <clears throat> but I did get I to see. I may have saw myself too, but I don't know. Huh? Okay. Shade omitted. So the point is, is that <laughs> we got we got a taste. So we're kind of we are on their shoulders. We are like getting the benefits. But you're right. There's sort of a different mindset just because of where they came from. Was there anybody that privately was like, yo? Maybe you shouldn't speak so much and so openly about you and your experiences. Like, did anybody, like, pull you aside and say that? No. Mm-mm, no. But also, too, I just sort of not built that way. Mm-hmm. Like, but then I say that, and there's some people that somebody might go, but this person's obviously, like, a lesbian. This person's obviously gay. They're still hiding. So I don't. But I think, to me, it would almost feel and look foolish. Mm. But there are people who who are I think gay males who are effeminate, who are tr- who are, you can see them like trying to mask it, and I see there's some a little bit more on the masculine side, uh, mm-hmm. African American women who are trying to you see them in a dress and make and butch. it feels you're talking about butch, not butch queen, but okay. you know, all right, butch queen. Um, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? I can I you see the uncomfortability, yeah. so I it, it seems alien to me. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously not to them, but I just don't have it in me to to do that. To hide. Yeah, but also, too, there's another element where I'm, and I don't mean to sound too much of a purist, but I believe that when you make something and you stand back from it, you see a reflection of yourself, mm-hmm. whether you like it or not. You know what I mean? There's a reason why, like, I just instinctively don't write fathers into a lot of my work. You know what I mean? Or I, or I write father figures because that's what I have. I mean, and somebody can look at that and go, oh, well, I don't know if that's on purpose. I'm like, none of it is on purpose. Like, it's a, it's something that comes out of my body and my spirit. Right. So whatever I'm doing, a part of me is going to come out. And so I think there's an element of people where even you look at somebody like Prince, who I don't did, I don't believe identified as queer, but was someone who was very. But his gender expression was not yeah. cis male. Like no, it wasn't like not at all. Yeah, he and but I think the reason why his art was so palpable and still will really stand the test of time is because he didn't try to be something he wasn't because mm-hmm. it would have 
it would have it would it would have affected the art. So I just kind of feel like when we aren't honest about who we are, I think the art suffers. Speaking of being honest, um, you know, because Misha, you also were talking about putting everything into your work. Before Underground, I was like so over slave shit. Like mm-hmm. I was over it. I was like, I can't, I can't do it. I remember. You know, and I it was like, like slave it, shit. It was so. like it was like after twelve. Years I mean, of, I was over it too. That's why I made Underground. Right. You found a way into that subject matter that felt fresh and it felt entertaining dare i say and Mm -hmm. sexy and all these things that one would not attribute to a quote-unquote slave show and you made me love it despite myself despite my initial knee-jerk reaction so i want to know like what about you did you bring to that show like what was the the mishiness that you were like i don't really care what these people have to say this is what i'm doing i think it's that i just think that a lot of in any time you think about anything slavery on both sides I think with all around everybody holds it very sacred Mm -hmm. and I just did it and I was like this is not sacred to me this is a story it's a the Underground Railroad is clearly a thriller that can be told as a thriller obviously really sexy people who were black at the time still were enslaved so None of this is a hard reach, mm-hmm. you know. It's did just you get the, did you get a lot of ads though? Like, were you think pieced at first? Like, did you feel any of that? Well, before the show came out, every single every single interviewer was like, "So we're sick of slavery shit." Like, mm-hmm. so why should we watch this? Show? <laughs> with, the, with the black people, yeah, every across like all the black people mm-hmm. were like ready to attack. They were like, "What are you doing? Why are you talking about like slaves as superheroes? And what is this show going to be?" They were skeptical for good reason because look at most of the stuff we have on the subject. It's like, do right. you really want to spend? An hour every week with the type of slavery stuff that existed. No, I don't either. So, it, it was all only skepticism and across how, the board. And did mm-hmm. you know that they were going to be wrong? Like <laughs> when a bunch of white people discovered that dear white people was a thing, like two years after the movie came out, and decided to be outraged when the first season hit. I knew that that what they were talking about was not the show that I made, and it was just a matter of time until it came out. But I didn't. I didn't know what exactly would happen. I didn't know what the reaction was going to be. Did you have, like, how was that for you? And with Netflix, you know, everything's at once, but you were still right. airing one, people were still discovering that show all the way through its people first season. People are still discovering it's, that well, show. Well, that's true. I think, and that's, I think part of it too is that it was on WGN and nobody knew where WGN was. Mm-hmm. So, like, the audience we had at that point were like, kind of seeking out the show in the first place Mm -hmm. so it just it had that vibe where it didn't have a mass audience having to watch it at once so I think that helped but at that point I was just so exhausted by the whole press thing which was new to me Mm. that I was just like show's on guys <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, hope you like it. Like, I couldn't have any feelings because I was just so exhausted at that point. Wow, you've had some controversial stuff too. I remember with Stepsisters, which mm-hmm. was a movie that you produced, mm-hmm. uh, that was written by Chuck Hayward. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Chuck, who is Love. one of the Dear White People writer staff darlings. Mm-hmm. Where people just sort of again, uh, similar to Dear White People, on its premise, sort of mm-hmm. added you mm-hmm. <laughs> on the Twitters mm-hmm. and was upset. Again, if you don't know, Stepsisters um, is a huge Netflix movie, I should say, by the way. like Yeah, we did pretty well. Really, really big audience on Netflix. Um, but about a black girl uh, from a black sorority who teaches mm-hmm. white sores how to step, mm-hmm. which is a, a kind of dance style, a uh, competition dance mm-hmm. style that is very particular to the black sorority. Yeah, so rooted in the black community. Yeah, yeah so a lot yeah. of people were upset about that. Like, what was your... 
How, how did you get through that? You seem to handle it very well, but how did you do that? Well, I think, and I think, you know, that's a thing. It's a, it's a part of me that I didn't realize I would have to exercise about in terms of being in the business uh, as like public as one becomes or, you know, as accessible as one is. I just, you know, I kind of look at it like, look, I got to be a bit of a politician, you know? So if, so if somebody hits me and my constituents hit me up and say, hey, we don't like this thing, I say, okay, well, tell me what you don't like about it. That's a fair thought. Or, you know, um, I hear you. I'll be mindful of that moving Does forward. Does it hurt? Does it piss you off? No. Mm-mm. Really? Because at the end of the day, I look at, especially now, I'm in a relationship with these people. Mm-hmm. I can make movies and shows all I want. If they don't show up for it, if I'm not in tune with them, if I'm not talking to them, if I'm not listening to them, then something's going to be off. I don't want this relationship to ever feel one-sided. So Lena's show is at me. Just There's no don't. Just do it. What you can do you at think? me all the time. You can well, at me with whatever you want. I just feel like I want to have a dialogue. And also I think there's an element, especially on Twitter, is like people expect, they're they looking for a debate. They want a bit of a fight. They're They're trying to rile you up. And I'm just like... No, if you can hit me, there are people who hit me. It's so funny because I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to watch this movie. Like, this is some cultural appropriation stuff. And I'll hit them and I'll go like, oh, that's fair. All right. Well, if you do watch it, yo, hit me uh, after. And uh, if you message me, I'll hit you back. We can have a conversation. And I, they're so stunned, one, that I've responded. And then, two, that <laughs> they then go like, okay, well, I'm going to go watch it then. Let's see if you tell the truth. They go watch it. They hit me back. We had, And, I, of course, I always keep my promise. And we'll go back and forth. And we'll talk. And they'll go, you know what? I didn't mind this. So I kind of like that. What was up with this part? I go, yeah. yeah. I'll sometimes say, well, that's a question for Chuck because he's the writer. Wow. I was like, but other than that, I really dig it. And then half the times they'll follow me. And the next thing you know, they're talking about, oh, I saw your cover on Vanity Fair. That was dope. Because now they feel like. They're oh, being heard. Yeah. And and it's not fake for me. I'm I'm not giving nobody no BS. It's not. It's not for you. I mean, I gotta give it to you because literally <laughs> Me too, because I go, nope, nope, nope. The back and forth. Nope. nope. The back and, uh, part of it on Twitter is though, I don't even know if I'm talking to a real person. I will tell you this. Black folks on Twitter who at me with some stuff, like I was think piece a lot about Rashid's accent uh-huh, in that. season one. Uh-huh. And I was happy to talk about it because I was like, I think I did a lot with the first season to further the causes of color people. I think I took some chances. But it's things you don't even it stuff have I don't expected. even know. You, so, would, you would, but you were saying you wouldn't have that. You don't know that that's going to be a thing that's going to strike a nerve of people. Exactly. But to me, I look at it all because even for me, like I didn't, I saw, I, I didn't say anything to you about that. <laughs> like I remember yeah. you talked. I was like, if I, because you know me, I always keep it one hundred. Oh, this made bucks. Somebody this well, made. You know, well, also I had no we idea. We have a Juilliard trained actor who is basing it on. Someone, someone's actual that blindsided me, right? Like, so I, you know what I mean? Because I couldn't have, I didn't see or think about that. But that to me is where I'm almost like, huh, okay, that's a thing that bugs people. But then, but then you can actually have the the dialogue, yeah. And I was able, I was able to hear it from black folks because, again, I'm sure that I like I can. I can never tell if you're a bot or not, frankly, if you're mm-hmm. white and you're mad at me on Twitter. I can't tell sometimes, so I just don't really engage. <laughs> the black but people are like, kind black of, folks are yeah. like, yeah, okay. The handle is specific. Yeah, They're like, yeah. They got a whole bio up there. Nisha 5000, that's, that's a real person. And yeah. I incorporated the feedback. I was like, you know what? We talked with the the person who did the dialects for Black Panther. We dug deep. Oh, we dope. figured out what city the dude was from. Like, we right. got it in. 
Um, Misha, was is that like? Because <laughs> I mean, there's a balance between so health, self, self care, and like I feedback. Yeah, I can't all, respond to everybody, but I think that's all good. I think sometimes for me, I go, "This is such a symptom of we are so starved for stories mm. that are mm-hmm. from our perspective that don't take advantage of it." So it's just that same mentality. Like we've been abused for so long by the storytelling yeah. apparatus that we can't step back from those moments. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I don't engage. There's always that like first gut reaction where I'm like, and I'm like, no, Misha, don't because this is just a moment they're having. And it's tough when, again, all the stories that we have are going through the same institutional thing of a white male gaze. And you're not sure. You're not sure even when there is a black person behind it, like who crafted this narrative. You're never sure. Uh Um, That's really interesting. Okay, so here's the deal. We're going to take a little break. Uh We're going to brew some tea. We're going to spill some tea. Uh I don't have any more tea metaphors. We'll be right back. Thank you for listening to this KCRW podcast. In case you don't know us, KCRW is public radio in Los Angeles, bringing the best of NPR to Southern California. We're also known for our own brand of bold and innovative programming, evocative storytelling, taste-making music, and audio documentaries that are little movies for your ears. You can join our community to support this show and others, or make a one-time donation just to say thank you. Find out more at kcrw.com join. Welcome back to Don't At Me with Justin Simeon. Again, this is my podcast voice. Uh, I'm here with Lena Waithe, the incomparable, and uh, Misha Green, the incredible. Um, I have a straight up Don't At Me. Are black people doing too much on Twitter? Do we need to calm down a little bit? No. But I also think it it, it can go either way, because sometimes I'll see think pieces about a thing and a show that... I don't even think it's that deep and they'll give certain shows or things more credit than they deserve sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I'm going like, huh, that's interesting. Because again, it's sort of this like the female version of Hotep, which is like, (laughs) yeah, what they're saying here with this thing and this black female character and her sexuality. I'm going like, are they, is that show saying that? Or are you just reading into that? But then... (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, I think... Like what? Like, like what shows? I'm, I'm a t- associated with too many brands to say. So, um, I, that's why I really was thinking... That's going to be my new answer to everything. I'm yeah. associated with too many brands. You don't have brands. too many Adidas. Seriously. Um, it's Nike, but it's you know, okay. Dixie Cups. I got a I pin. Just, I got I a pin brand out there for myself. I can't. There's no Adidas on my body. I'm okay. Nike all day, but uh, no. Oh, but wow. uh, okay. but I'm just saying. Do I get a, like a residual for I'll you try to mentioning you Nike? Okay, I was cool. just about to say I want sneakers too. Yeah. You got the Nikes they sent me. Those like I, I get jealous when I see your things when you open the boxes and stuff. Where I'm just <laughs> yeah. like, and you, you show do your the fit on IG, and I'm just like, I want. That it's, too. It, it's my you know way what you of can do, thank Misha? You, you know what you can do, Misha? You can buy a pair of shoes and like open like, oh my, Nike. Did you? <laughs> and then someone else will like, will do it too. Like, oh, we got to start sending Misha some, some That's shoes. That's kind of real. Or no, or you just say, I love Nike stuff. Isn't it lit? 
Yeah, I love Nike helps. stuff. Isn't it lit? <laughs> oh, no, uh, that on this show, but also your social media as well. That was the most podcasting website. <laughs> like, I love Nike stuff. Isn't this lit? But then it's the other side where yes, people sometimes get really attacky. Where we don't want to throw shade to people who are upset about the accent thing or do white people. I, you know, look, that's a fair thing. I totally get it. But there's an element where it's like, okay, are we being a little too nitpicky? Mm. You know what I'm saying? I, th- I think you have both sides of it where they well, sometimes praise I, something and then sometimes I agree. I agree that like I think black people have gone through enough. It, I think it's in the first season of Dear White People. I think we snuck that in. Where like you can't like shake a cat up in a box. It's a whole life, and then open the box and be like, "Why is this cat so mad?" Like oh, we have a lot of reasons to I'm be right. this upset. However, I do wonder sometimes if the energy is misdirected. Like mm-hmm. for instance, like we talk a lot about cultural appropriation, right? Right. It's something you catch. Like culture takes over people. We we can only as people we can only have so much control over it. Mm-hmm. So. To me, like cultural appropriation is really about systemic oppression and about the fact that one group succeeds doing the same thing that another group does, uh-huh. which is like a deeper systemic topic. You know, so my question is like, you know, again, I think black people have the right to do and be mad about mm-hmm. whatever they want, even if it's my stuff. But I do worry about the energy because we need the energy for to do real stuff uh-huh. <laughs> in society and in life. It's like, be, take that anger to the, 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 uh, the, the Trump voting. Towers. Yeah, the vote. <laughs> you know, I do think, though, the thing, which is why I say no, that it's never, it's not too much, is because I think anytime you have to think twice about something is not a bad thing. Mm. I think a lot of what Twitter and Twitter is black Twitter. Twitter does not exist outside of black Twitter. Um, is that <laughs> at her. it's like mm-hmm. making people think twice about the shit they're doing. Mm-hmm. You know sure. what I mean? And it's like when you see the casting call, like the Aladdin thing when they like put a white guy in Aladdin mm-hmm. and it's like, where was this in the Disney movie, guys? Right. And they're just like, what? This is a big deal? Like the amount of times I feel like I've seen in this industry someone went, I didn't even know that was a big deal. And mm-hmm. you're like, the obvious thing they just pointed out, you mm-hmm. didn't know that was a big deal. So mm-hmm. yes, it does go to extremes where I go, ugh. But it's part of the course you're saying. Yes. Yeah. I don't disagree with that. Yeah. There's a way to educate, you know, people or the, you know, like, or for example, like what was the, the Pepsi commercial with the- Oh, sure. Yeah. With yeah. the old girl, you know. And again, that wasn't just black people, but still, it's 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 those things that there are people who still, for whatever reason, don't know. Yeah, but I think it's it is important for Black Twitter and a lot of black people to just to kind of be able to have a place to voice, you know, like, hey, we ain't cool with that. We this is this ain't right. But of course, you know, with great power comes responsibility, and I think sometimes that's the part that may be lacking a little bit, where sometimes mm. they'll go off on a thing about like. For example, I seriously the insecure condom thing was like a bit much, but then you know they they kind of nodded at it in now the show. For, now for our casual viewers listening at home, um, yes. what is the insecure condom thing? Okay, so basically, Issa's character has on the show Insecure um, on HBO. Thank you. Has a quickie with her ex boyfriend, played by Jay Ellis, mm-hmm. um, and. I get there's like technically you don't see a condom pulled out to be used in that scene. Because they didn't use a condom. Okay, well you know that happens in life. Right. You know sometimes it goes down. I don't know what you're talking about. I've never had sex. I don't know. I don't need condoms for the kind of sex I I have. So (laughs) wow. (laughs) 
Hopefully nobody, when 20s gets a serious order, we don't get those. But then maybe somebody say, well, you guys are not using dental dams. I don't know. <laughs> but wow, I just wow, kind of wow, feel wow. like. I'm going to really yeah. pray hmm. for there not to ever be a why don't y'all use dental dams think piece. But then but the question yeah. of yeah. why. But then if, the you don't, if you don't <laughs> say that about us. Dental dams yeah. or. Okay. In the PR kit. If they, don't use the, if they don't come at us for that, then, you know, I just felt like that one was a little. It was unfair. Much. People were upset because there was no condoms. Being like used, advertised seen, or used, or, I yeah. don't know. It's just so. What are we saying? Are we just everyone should just be having unprotected? That that was the sort of upset. A very strange thing. That to me did feel like one of those situations. Where like okay, we got a little bit too much time mm-hmm. on our hands. Well, you know, I think it's time, but it's also like anger. We have a lot mm-hmm. of anger yeah. on our hands that doesn't necessarily have an outlet. Um, and I support safe sex. I'm not into mm-hmm. that. I'm just saying, guys, it's a, t- it's so, a TV show. That well, you can as a gay man, it, I just. Well, Okay, I get why you don't. But anyway. You know what? That was a stereotype that <laughs> I'm a monogamous mm. uh, person in a monogamous relationship. Therefore, I'm saying you should be even as pro safe sex as I. Again, I don't have sex. So um, I do. The point is, is that <laughs> this is the part of our show where I want to talk about the things that you don't want to be added about. Okay. Mm. It can be fun, it can be real, it can be trivial, whatever it might be. Mm. Um, I'm just going to let whoever feels uh, the spirit, the Holy Spirit, begin first. What are your donuts? Don't at me about Aziz. Oh, shit. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how we're starting, huh? I love it. Because when I texted you earlier, I was like, yeah, I'm just going to do something light and non-controversial. <laughs> um, don't at you about Aziz. I'm sorry. Yeah, but I, but I don't even know if that's controversial. That's just like real... Like, you know, I always try to come from a real place. Mm-hmm. And I because feel like... Because you've spoken about it already. And if you don't know, Aziz was caught up in a bit of this Me Too controversy. But also, like, look, he's a friend of mine, mm-hmm. you know, and I I don't think of this situation as black or white uh, or, or, or sides, so to speak, to be taken. And I think that that's not what... Uh, I, I, just, I just think, to me, this is an opportunity. And I, I did say this in, in an interview uh, before, but... It's an opportunity for us to educate ourselves about what consent is and mm. what it means for men and women, for us to really have a better understanding of it. Uh, that's what I think that his particular story, I think, gives us an opportunity to do. All right. And well, I there it like, is, y'all. Don't add her on it. Okay? You can be me mad, but at Misha, I don't know. Right. Misha, what's okay, your doing well, at? Don't at me. <laughs> Black Panther is not the best Marvel movie ever. Whoa! JK, JK, Wakanda wow. forever. That Wait, was a joke. Wow. Well, okay. So I woed over the JK, JK, Wakanda I was, We were about to have a moment. I know. She was real. She's like, no, I, I, was I like, got a real one. I, I thought got a I was, you know. Okay, so you love I Black was Panther. I like, what's going to top? Don't like, at me about his Black people, man. Of course. I know. That's Jeez. a hard one. You went for it. I know. I was like, I got nothing. I got to make something up. And then I got to take it back something. really quick because they're about to get a lot of ets about it. Oh, no. <laughs> um, you go. You go again. You've got another one. <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't mean, at me. But we have got to get to a place where we can talk honestly about art uh-huh. from Black people. Right. That's true. I think that it's good to promote the success of Black art, mm-hmm. but the merits of it as art. Uh, there's a lot of um, speaking around and a lot of making excuse. There's a lot of not great Black movies, or mm-hmm. and frankly, a lot of them by filmmakers that are not Black. <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. Some <laughs> but, of them are by black people. But yeah, some of them are. But I'm just saying, like, in the black space, I feel like... It's like a lot of them are by black people. But no, I'm saying, like, even if it's about black people, it's not necessarily by black. Like, That's black true. people did not necessarily make or create it. But mm-hmm. in the space of things about black people, um, there's a... There's a... We shouldn't talk about this on its artistic merits especially mm. if it was successful right and i think that's a form mm. of racism <laughs> just because but i think it's hard for us as creators in the industry to give an opinion right. about oh that sure stuff but, because, no, but you yeah. feel it in you feel it in the critics you feel it in audiences on mm-hmm. twitter you do feel it i mean i think we're all in the industry so you know we walk a bit of a tightrope we have friends whatever right. we want to support people and also right. we experience things differently um and and obviously like, know how hard it is to get something made and yeah. obviously and obviously our art is objective and sure. all of that stuff That's but at the end of the day i do feel like if we you know want to if our stuff is supposed to sit on the same table as everyone else's stuff you know if a movie did really well but it wasn't great like we need to own both parts of it or if i mm-hmm. like for instance i'm a huge fan of the housewives mm-hmm. of various cities yeah um <laughs> But, and I'm not, but it's not like this show needs to win a Peabody. Like you know what I mean? Like right. it's like I get it. I know mm. when I'm watching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I know it's like it's Black like Black Ink Crew. It's like dr- mm. yeah, there we go. It's like driving up at McDonald's. It's like I get Growing it. Up this is not going yeah. to digest in my system. It's right. not good for me. Right. It's it's oppressing me in so many ways, and yet here I am. Please take the wig off and fight. So I want us to be able to hold two things at once more. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, the thing I don't love is like the guilt trip. Mm. You know, that you sometimes get put on because there's some certain movies and things. Um, and who knows? I could be, you know, I, I fully understand that there's maybe a world in which with the Vanity Fair thing, there may be a guilt trip of like, oh, you got to go buy Lena's you know, you Vanity do. Fair. Unless you <laughs> but I'm are just racist saying, like, and homophobic. See what I'm saying? There's yeah. a guilt trip that happens. It happens with movies. And sexist. Like you're okay, all of the things it. if you don't buy this cover of Vanity Fair and no other cover. There are certain movies that have black people in it that aren't as great as Black Panther. Because somebody could say to me, like, oh, I felt like pressure with Black Panther, but Black Panther was really dope. So I feel like I'm pushing that to the side. But there were certain movies that, like, you see the usual suspects, like, mm. posting about it, saying, like, you got to go see it this opening weekend. Like, we we need to we start paying. Yeah, for these Which I agree see. with, by the way. I agree with that. But then my thing is, But there's I'm no like, discussion but, afterwards But sometimes. also, but then let me, let me put it this way. Did we do that for Moonlight? Okay. Okay. Did we do that for Pariah? Did we do it for Dear White People? Mm. We did. A, we did it a little bit. But, <laughs> but the question then becomes, and this is like, I mean, but the, those black people with like millions of followers, where they like posting like, "Yo, y'all should go see this." Like, this mm-hmm. we got, we should go support this. You know, what there I'm saying? is a there is a difference in the kinds of things that get supported by, yeah. by, by the by the elite famous people yeah. who are also black and, and they're not even that don't. elite of fan. it's the, just those cats you know that the followers we see, the, the, the you yeah, know yeah. the um, you know it's, the it's you know the crews yeah it's like it's the it's the famous black people with the millions of followers on instagram like yeah, it's I, like what they yeah it's the, it's, and you see it you see the poster and they're like yeah you should go like let's let's rally y'all right and i'm like but is the movie good i i was gonna say it's so hard though because whether the movie's good or not, the people who care about who's going to greenlight the next set of movies cares about how much money it makes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They don't care if it's good or not. Right. Like, they don't care. As I say, nobody cares about the content Yeah. in this business. They really don't. But I watched a film last night. Um, it was a reboot. 
starred a number of actors. Um, it was it had something to do with like a jungle themed game uh, that was a board game previously. Now it's a video game. It doesn't matter what movie it is. Mm-hmm. But I was watching it, and it got really good. It got good reviews, and it made a lot of money. I haven't seen this movie by the way. And it was like you know, guys, like it's a real fun movie. It's great. <laughs> Hot mess. I have issues with the film, <laughs> particularly its portrayal of um, African American man. Um, uh, and I, I just was like, "Well, where were the thick pieces on this?" <laughs> but we mm, all, but it was sad. given a pass because, like, it was like at least watchable compared okay. to some other like summer movies. And you know, like, we all love The Rock and we all love Kevin Hart. Mm-hmm. But I had there was I'm so a, confused on what movie this. Is. You don't know what film. No. Um, yeah. Oh God, it, 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 it like rhymes with R.I.P. Robert Williams. But yeah, I, there was like, there were like a lot of like, I'm a black man and I got a big ass dick. There were like a lot of those moments that I was like, no one paused and ripped this one, a new one, but where the condoms and insecure. I just like, right. it, it is interesting to me that some things just get a pass because they're successful and they do well. Right. When other things that are maybe marginal or frankly need more support sort of get ripped to shreds yeah. for somewhat trivial things i right. think like i think the condom thing i would say it's trivial only because no other show ever does that no. so why are we pinpointing why are we singling this one out right yeah i don't know i don't know or or like you said there's been worse than what you, you know with the the fake accent you know what i'm saying like there's yeah been other thing, which by know? the way thank you for the note because yeah, we took no, it it's fair. <laughs> yeah, but, but I, I just but i that's what i'm saying it's like there's other stuff to be you could really point a finger at and right. I think it's interesting how sometimes the smaller things kind of you know the smaller movies that need support don't always get it I, I just remember that was a big thing for me I didn't see that support for Moonlight the way I wished on just from you know and, and the truth is it is it's like I'm looking at black celebrities with a lot of followers mm-hmm. and a lot of influence like just post a damn like poster on the I thing. Just, just be like another essence speech. Oh, well, <laughs> maybe post, post wherever. You but are. also too, it's like because. But then when he wins Best Picture, everybody's you know trying to go sit next to Barry, mm. right? So because you get the white validation, and then all of a sudden, oh hi. You know what? A shout out to Barry, but I know exactly what you're talking about. You know what I'm saying? But thank God because now that all those movie, black folks that weren't posted about him were trying to work be in his next movie. But thank God because <laughs> that movie is so fantastic. Right. And it in no way should have gotten made, but did and was mm-hmm. wonderful and deserved all of its fame Absolutely. and success. All right, guys, we could go all night. But yeah, it's literally Saturday night and I gotta go watch Roxanne Roxanne. So yeah. I just um, know. Yeah, so Luna, I saw it already. I'm a better black person than it's both true. Of you. Well, obviously, um, okay. wow, wow, watched it. Wow. Yeah, did I you mean, see it at Sundance last year? I was not at Sun. I was not at Sundance last year. Yeah, she, but the night it she was on a private streamed. screening um, oh, on a what? private jet. Oh, uh, the Nike, the one Bow Wow was on. Yeah, okay. I, no, I think Bow was your, Wow was. Was your Vanity Fair cover sitting right next to you? Um, were you I going wish. back and forth between Bow Wow? I believe was on a bus below the plane, but you were there. Oh. <laughs> with um, shoes everywhere. Um, yeah. yeah. Eating shoe lobster, off. I believe. The shoe off. What size are you? We might be the same size. Oh, what size I'm are saying. you? I'm eight and a half. Nah, you got girly feet. Oh. Ten and a half. Wow. Okay, Men's. well, I'm a size 13 Nike. <laughs> okay, so your dick is bigger than ours. Wow. Okay, so we're well, going to go. We have to leave. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> Everyone stop talking. Um, Lena, will you come back and talk to me in between the next Spielberg movie and World Domination? I'll think about it. Misha, when Lovecraft is out, we're going to holler again? Nah. Okay, cool. Well, uh, thank you guys so much. Um, This was really, really fun. 
And um, I'm just going to close by saying don't at me, but Shangela should have won. Uh, you can I'm, at me about that. Because <laughs> I agree. I'm Justin Simeon, host of Don't At Me, and if you must at me. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at jsim07 or Facebook at Justin Simeon D-I-R. Misha, where can they at you? You can at me at Misha Green. Lena? Mm-hmm. Uh, my Twitter and Instagram and Facebook is all Lena Way. Wow. Yeah. Again, another hard one to remember. Sorry. Blue checks too, I bet. Oh, you better believe it. Oh, she got all the blue. She has like a she has like a platinum check. It's like a kind of check that only some people get. She's uh, super cool. You have a check as well, Justin. <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you so much for joining me. And to anyone listening, thank you for being open. All right. I want to thank my guests, Lena Waithe and Misha Green, our producers, Gina Delvac and Caitlin Parker, our production engineers, Kat Yor and JC Swadek. Special thanks to Vishnu Vallabhanini. Gary Scott didn't know about the cookout, but I guess he's invited too. And of course, the fabulous Chris Bowers created our theme song, This Is Don't At Me with Justin Simeon. If you like the show or you want to think peace me, I guess you can. Just please subscribe at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen and leave a review. I'd love to hear from you. We'll be back next week with another episode of Don't At Me from the one and only KCRW.